This is a moment in wine and hip hop, brought to you by Crew Love, blending wine and hip hop at the highest level. Wine and hip hop, wine and music. Tell me about, know what it is. Check this out. Oh yeah, you'll be the life of the party. Wine and hip hop really mirrors the the conversations that we have in my office about wine and music. What's up, y'all? It's your man, Jermaine Showtime Stone, a.k.a. The Wolf of Wine, a.k.a. The Zara Vibes, a.k.a. Young Thanos. We are here with Miss, a.k.a. Kelly Mitchell. Hi. How you doing, Kelly? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Kells. Kells is Young here. Kells. Young Kells. Um, <laughs> what's going on? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. This is like such a long time in the making. This is so far overdue. We have robbed the wine and hip hop community <laughs> of your presence. So I want to apologize to them and you at the start of this show. Let's just get that out early. Thank you so much. Hopefully it'll be worth the wait. And it's always <laughs> good to see people after a long time because then you have more to talk about. That is true. There's been there's there's been a lot. You've been busy. I have, so have you. I see you at the James Beard. Crib. Oh yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> that was so awesome. You out here moving, as they say. Thank you. Yeah, that was a super exciting moment. It kind of came about unexpectedly and came together so beautifully. So that was a real honor to be able to work there Dope. in November with these awesome chefs from around the world. See, so we're gonna be getting into that. But first, we'd like to introduce people to your rap spirit animal okay like yo we gotta get some cool background music when that shit happens like a wow like a lion or some shit you know what i say <laughs> rap spirit animal so <laughs> we gotta introduce people to your rap spirit animal um what rapper do you feel embodies your spirit who do you connect with i would say drake i think the dash is digi, the schedule busy, my head in a hoodie, my shorty a goodie, my cousins are crazy, my cousins like boogie, life is amazing, it is what it should be, been here for 10 but I feel like a rookie, I tell her look up cause it's snowing in tussies, but for three years man you can't even book me, it's me and little baby, the shit going crazy, Weezy produced it and Weezy F made me and she held it down so she got a Mercedes. Mm, that is a great pick, we ain't even Drake yet, alright. Drake because he's like... Super emotional. He's still really cool. He keeps it himself, but he kicks it and he's out and about. And I just think that he is, you know, people find him to be a little, like, corny sometimes, but I think he's just dope. I don't know. And I like the both sides of him. Um, mm-hmm. I like how thoughtful and deep he can be. I like how he knows how to produce a banger. He can. He, he, he's a good battle rapper. <laughs> yeah, he can scrap with you. Yeah, so <laughs> I would definitely say Drake. And then, of course, you know, if I had to think of just, like, a woman, I would say, you know, obviously Cardi B, because mm. mm. she's just, you know, that song, my favorite Cardi B song is Money. Um, <laughs> I don't really need the D, I need the money. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask why, and boom, there we go. That's not just kidding. No, I just, I, first of all, what also sticks out to me is her Grammy performance with that song. Yeah. Just to take a song with that concept, and I feel like, you know, it's very, you know, there's definitely raunchy elements to it, but it's also empowering in a way. In a way. It's very street. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had the pianist on stage with her. She was performing it at the Grammys. I just think that that was just such a awesome moment and shows just, like, what can happen when you're authentic yeah. to yourself, and that it's okay to be a variety of things at once. You don't have to be one way or the other. Absolutely. So I just think she's dope because she just is as real as they come. Cardi's fly. I love Cardi. I think um, 
she is just such a true representation of a woman from the Bronx. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, you know, love him, hate him, good, bad. She certainly embodies that. You know, she's real true to her stuff. So, um, Drake, though, I, I love <laughs> the Drake pick. I, I can totally see that. Um, favorite Drake song? Oh, my gosh, there's so many. Um, I literally, like, can't think of, like, one that's going to stand out right now. As we were just talking about no, the run I with know. Future, the verse with the that, that just came out recently. Because there's always just one that comes to one's up. I actually don't go back and revisit a lot of old Drake songs. I just... Yeah. experience them as they are released. Because he's always Exactly. So I kind of leave those older songs in a time and place. And I I also remember that, you know, when I was like really partying out younger in New York, you know, you couldn't tell me anything. <laughs> we used to be in the club. You saying that like this is like, like Drake has like been in the game for like 30 years. No, like maybe like 10 years ago, you know, seven wow. to 10 years ago, um, we would be at Greenhouse and all the clubs. She's 25. Kicking yeah. it. She's 25. <laughs> Swinging from the chandeliers to the great the Drake songs, it was a good time, good era. Mm. Damn, nah, I think. Yeah, man. Yeah, nah. Drake is one of those artists. Um, he could do whatever he want. Like he's so versatile. Like I feel like I like rapper Drake though. Like mm-hmm. you know, how there's like singer Drake yes. and there's. Melodic Drake, where he's kind of rapping, but there's Drake when he decides to pull up his pants and rap. Yeah, that's the Drake that I like. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so why don't we uh, tell everyone about your role in the wine industry? So, um, how would you explain your career? Sure. So it's really you know evolved for sure over time. Um, this industry is not you know very cookie cutter the way that everyone assumes that it is mm-hmm. and you kind of have to find your space and and make it work and also i i felt that i just wanted to be really responsive to what i felt my calling was so i tried to embrace all the different opportunities that came my way and really not close myself off by being too limited in things um so i've been in the business i would say full time for 6 years i definitely was doing things before that but for in a full-time capacity. And my primary role is I am a sales rep for um, right now Skernick Wines, which is a amazing, incredible portfolio of elite wines from around the world, Mm -hmm. uh, made by real people who care about what they're doing and are producing great wines with love and from the heart. And so what we do is we as salespeople, is we go out into the marketplace and we sell those wines to restaurants and retail stores. And what's exciting is that, you know, in the New York metro area, New Jersey, New York, um, and the the surrounding area, this really is the epicenter of excellent wine lists. So it's an excellent wine shops and the most highly curated um, places to purchase and consume wine. So it's a really exciting... You're being very humble (laughs) about the job of sales rep. Like... That is the realest job in the wine industry. Yeah. Like, I, I can honestly say that, well, you know what? I, I don't want to, um, let me not put that out there. <laughs> that, that is the realest job that I've, that's one of the realest jobs I've seen in the wine industry. What do it you takes, mean by realist? Like, it is physically taxing, mm-hmm. mentally taxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to keep a smile when you're tired. 
you yeah. have to get a thousand no's before you get half a yes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> unless you're me, it's a little bit of a unless, little, unless a little everybody's, bit less, yeah. unless you Kelly. Um <laughs> But no, it's it's the job though. You really gotta you really have to bust your ass to um to eat. So. Totally. There's there's I mean it's it really boils down to there's a lot of great wine being produced in the world. There's also a lot of very terrible wine being produced in the world. There's just a lot right. of wine that's trying to be sold into a limited amount of accounts. It's a very relationship driven uh, business. It's highly competitive. So yes, I would agree with you. It does have all of those aspects. But I also love so many things about the the role of being in sales. Um, the connectivity that you get to have with the producers and sharing their stories mm -hmm. in the local market because they're not here to tell their stories themselves. They need ambassadors of sorts to, right. to do that for them. And also uh, just the connection to the dynamic nature of the restaurant world um, in the food culture in, in, this, in this area especially. Even wine shops, oftentimes, if they're you know really good ones, you'll go in and you'll be getting guidance on where what kind of wine you should purchase for right. your dinner tonight at home. So even if it's not a restaurant, it still extends to being a uh, a industry that's that's dominated by by food really and our interest in global flavors, our interest in new flavors right. and just our thirst for more. So <laughs> yes, I it is it's definitely challenging. It's not, you know, a sit behind the desk job at all. It's actually not an office job. It's a field position. It's relationship driven. There's no manual. It's very yeah. entrepreneurial. Um, and I that's kind of what led to the other aspect of what I do was just really um, just continuing to on the entrepreneurial space. Once I got into the business, um, I started realizing that there was consumers that were demanding and interested in what I had to offer as well. So like I was saying, sales is a B2B job. We are a business that sells to other licensed businesses. Right. Anyone that's not a restaurant or retailer, we really don't deal with in a direct capacity. So, um, but, you know, there's companies that want to have people learn about wine. There yeah. are people who want to have in-home parties. There are all kinds of other wine needs um, that are consumer-oriented. Um, so that's where I start. why I started my, my own business, um, Kelly Mitchell Wine, which is just my consulting business. And it's kind of a catch-all for all of the things that fall outside of selling wine to restaurants and stores. And it's really grown tremendously as mm -hmm. well. It's mostly been word of mouth. I don't really have um, a strong um, promotional presence. Um, but I did know a lot of people um, – from this area, I've been here a long time. Well, after this podcast, your shit is about to blow up. Yes! Crazy. I'm Great. just saying. Bring it on. I'll take <laughs> all of it. And so I, and I'm also just super passionate about what I do. And I think that that's really the key to, to everything for me personally is like, I'm not one of those people that can just go with the flow with something that I'm lukewarm interested in. I'm very right. all or nothing. So it works out in my favor when I'm really passionate about wine because it helps with just everything. So through that, I've really been doing a lot of mostly education, um, wine tastings, mm. events, um, executing and concepting kind of larger scale wine events and, and just helping people experience wine. And then through that, I've become really close with a lot of chefs. It's through both parts of my job, really, yeah. um, because food and wine pairing is really my actual true, true mm. niche pass, pass, uh, passion within the industry. What do you... What are some of the foods that you like to pair? Like perfect situation for you? Well, of course, like I love spicy food and really flavorful mm. food. So 
Um, you know, we've got, of course, Riesling is typically a classic pairing, but Riesling is, ex- is in a very expansive category. And when people say Riesling, it's kind of like, oh, I know what Riesling is and I, I either like it or I don't. But there's so many layers and, and yeah. areas of complexity to Riesling that I think are underexplored. So I love to, like, I get so much grat- uh, satisfaction out of t- someone who tells me they don't like Riesling trying it with the pairing that I that I recommend mm, yeah. or a specific one <laughs> and they love it. So that's... That's obviously um, really fun. Pairings are like a great way to, you know, really get people that aren't into wine into wine. Like that's how you can highlight like different flavors in the wines that you didn't know were there already. You know, just with, you know, with the right dish. Right. Just discussing what you're tasting in the glass, what you're tasting on the plate. That's how I become... I've started really working with a lot of chefs, um, especially now that we're kind of, it's just like everything is kind of working together and it just is flowing naturally. And one example of that is just the pop-up culture that we're in right now where, you know, we, people are no longer waiting for, you know, a huge investment from a restaurant group or, I mean, they are still waiting for those. (laughs) Don't get into it. I'll let you boy. Yeah. They want those too. (laughs) But if they want to do a pop-up, Um, dinner series they're going to make it happen and there was actually a recent New York Times article about this very topic and because I understand chefs really well and I love working with creatives it really has been a really awesome um, collaboration that I've had with a number of different chefs different Mm -hmm. chefs doing food and wine pairing and that's kind of how the James Beard um, opportunity came about as well so and I also think it's a great way to segue into wine where you you know you may not be like say, think that you're a connoisseur, but you can explain, anybody can at the basic, um, a bare minimum, explain some of the flavors that they may be sensing in the glass, whether right. they smell them, they taste them, um, and then how that relates to the food. And that's like a great, it brings us all to, it kind of levels the playing field and lets right. us allows us to all be discussing the same thing right. at the same time. So that's kind of become a little bit of a, um, an area of expertise and focus for me is just continuing to work with chefs and really being like a chef-driven wine professional that focuses on on food and wine pairing in that way. That's dope. That's dope. I I can totally see that as an amazing lane for you. We have um, a a different show for our – it's like a a once-a-month thing called Tasting Notes from the Streets. Mm. But we actually – we in the we in the hood though. But we (laughs) we in the hood with fine wine. That's um, amazing. I love that Pairing like foods that we like – you know, from the hood, like beef patties, totally with cocoa bread, mm-hmm. but you know, pairing that with, um, you know, figuring out whatever we want to pair it with. We did that one with a lambrusco, ooh, um, like nice. a sparkling lambrusco. This is me kind of like going backwards and like wondering, reliving my culinary life with wine education. Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah. like if I could eat all of this shit over, what would I be drinking or what should I be drinking? Yes, I'm sure you um, did the uh, the champagne and and fried chicken uh, pairing. See, but I, I. That's not, you know, that's not your go to. Because, because so many people do it. Yeah. I actually did champagne with, uh, well, we did like a, a cremant du jour mm-hmm. with, um, with McDonald's french fries. Ooh. You know, and it was amazing. I haven't had McDonald's French fries in like probably fifteen years, but, <laughs> but I'm sure it was good. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. It was perfect for yeah. all the reasons that you think it was. So see, yeah, it can be relatable for all of us because we all eat so many different things. So we know more. We have more of a of an encyclopedia of flavors and ideas than we may think. So yeah. I gotta say, like, I didn't 
enjoy wine. I didn't fully enjoy wine until I understood pairing wine with food. Mm -hmm. Like, that was what my tipping point was. Like, before that, it was all just wine. Yeah. Honestly. And I, and I was in the business for a minute when that transition happened. It was just what I did for work. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> there's a lot there and there's still people that are happen to be in the business from, you know, they it's a consumer product. There's a lots of consumer products. There, you know, it's um it can be lucrative if you run a store properly and you know, there's right. a lot of people who are who may not be specifically interested in in it, but once you become interested, it's very it's a it's a hook. Right. And then once you're in, you're in and you just can't get enough of mm. how to enhance your your meal or what new flavors you haven't experienced or how can you, uh, you know, envision yourself in another place in the world based on what you're tasting in the glass. Yeah. So there's just so much, there's so many elements to it that kind of tap into our modern culture, you know, travel, the uh, food, interest in food. Um, and you can even see it with like the, our, the celebrities that are leading the, um, you know, that are kind of our cultural influencers. Oh, They're heavy, like, into wine now. It's just yeah. so funny to see like LeBron James, all the wines that he drinks, half of which I sell. Um, <laughs> Holla. Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> and, you know, other other influencers and, and leaders in their fields that are loving and, you know, living the wine lifestyle. It's, it's awesome. It comes with an elevated lifestyle, I think. You know, um, I think that Wine in itself, like, it's one of those things you drink it, you feel a little bit classier. You feel <laughs> it goes with adulting. Does it? You know, okay, it, it yeah. comes along with when you come home from work and mm -hmm. you've had, like, a fucked up, like, adult work day, you drink wine. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not going for the Henny. I'm not going for, well, I, I might grab a, a spliff, you know, I, all, all honesty. Totally, but, yeah. Um, Whatever works helps take the edge off. Yeah. Also, great pairing, by the way. What is um, marijuana and oh and really? Wine. I know there's been like some dinners and things. Um, oh yeah. I haven't really. I'm not. I haven't really explored that. But <laughs> I've heard that there's some. Yeah, there's some Your notes in both that work well <laughs> together. Listen, you know, the better the terroir, the better the product. We are talking about agricultural products, after all. So it is very, very similar. Mm -hmm. Very similar. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> but um, speaking of California. Uh, <laughs> we chose uh, some wine and an artist uh, from California. So tonight, uh, Kelly picked the rhymes. I picked the wine. Yeah. Right? You went with Kendrick Lamar's DNA. I did. And I went with Joseph Swan Vineyard. Uh, what is that? Uh, Cuvée de Trois from 2015. Mm -hmm. um, also a Skernick wine. It is, Shout yes. out to Skernick. Yes, fantastic portfolio. Um, so we're going to actually kick back. We're going to play DNA for a second, and we're going to talk about Kelly's choice. We'll figure out what <laughs> drove her to this decision, and we'll talk about my halfway decent pairing. Psych is fire. It's so good. See y'all in a second. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece, got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though, ambition, flow inside my DNA. I was born like this, and sworn like this, immaculate conception. I transform like this, perform like this, what shouts you a new weapon? I don't contemplate, I meditate, then off your fucking head. This that puts the kids to bed. This that I got, I got, I got, I got. We are back, fresh off listening to some DNA. 
does do you, you still comfortable with your choice? Definitely. That song is just is so powerful. It's so complex. Mm. It's so all over the place and crazy at the same time, which is yeah. why I love it because I think it just is representative of like who we actually all are. All of those things. We are not one thing. We're not one type. We're just multifaceted. Yeah, it's true. But we always want to start off positive. So we always want to start off saying, I've got loyalty <laughs> and royalty inside my DNA before you go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I just, I love that song and just all that it, it, it he, I can't even count how many times he, the pairings of the things that he mentions are opposites of each other. Um, I think he said something about like stretching to yoga, doing, listening to Nirvana while yeah. doing yoga. <laughs> meditating then off your fucking head like it's just i mean i don't think there's ever been anything written that has that much opposition and tension mm. um so the reason i picked that song is because i think it does represent you know wine and wine is not one way it's not one thing it's not this is that you know factual. There are some factual elements to wine, but it's not. It's it's meant to be experienced. It's meant to be. Um, everyone can have a different impression, mm-hmm. and I just love the yeah the opposition, the tension, the complex complexity. They're all notes and qualities I look for in the wines I enjoy most. Right. I don't want something that's always as easy to understand. Uh, I like to challenge myself. I like to recommend wines that may make people think. A little bit more, hmm. um, even if what, they don't realize that they that are you're like really pushing on people right now. I don't push anything on people. <laughs> I just you share don't push the wi- it like you. no. I just share so, the wines I like to drink. I share the stories of the producers that I work with. I recommend wines. You don't spit game. They just understand your story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what's going on. Mm-hmm. Nah, just, you like you do like, as I say and do as I do. You like Ace and Mitch and Rico out in the streets, you know, <laughs> moving cases of wine like bricks out here. I know. You know, like that's really how sales reps got to move, though. Yeah. Like it's you have little, wine slang and music. It's a little exciting. <laughs> it you know, is. I feel like you know, bust a move. Like we call it. Um, I told you I was watching a lot of Top Boy. Uh huh. And so when they out on the block selling, they call it shotting. Uh-huh. <laughs> so <laughs> there used to be a lot of days, like, I'll do sales, like, part-time. Mm-hmm. And there would be days, like, I'm out, as we would say, we just shotting all day. Shotting. <laughs> just out shotting. Yeah. So you go out shotting a lot, yeah? I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go out shotting a lot, isn't I it? I do go shotting a lot. State your name, cuz. What are we doing today? Rapping, innit? Yeah? <laughs> Fucking rapping, innit? Yeah? Five in the pot. Let's go. Can't try to say he's better than me. Tell my man, shut up. Shut, shut up. up. Mention my name in your tweets. I rule by shut up. Shut up. How can you be better than me? Shut up. Shut up. Best in the scene. Tell my man, shut look, up. Come man, call me a backup dancer. On stage on the bridge, I'm a backup dancer. If that makes me a backup dancer, the man in your bids, backup dancer. The man in your picks, backup dancer. I'm working on my British accent as well. Clearly, I am too. <laughs> I'm working on it, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I just need to think about Adele. How would Adele say this? Shotting. But, nah, seriously, so that's, um, that's, gotta be like a big part of things but like you also find ways to 
enjoy the luxuries Mm -hmm. of wine as well. You know, like, so you grind, but you shine too. (laughs) Thank you. I try. What's what's your glow up like? Like, how do you, how does someone get to experience that lifestyle? Even though that they have, you know, you have to balance it with the tough work life. How do you experience that, like, wine lifestyle? Well, I think it just starts with, you know, figuring out what you like um, and and trying to continue to taste the best of those that the city has to offer. I'm more into quality experiences versus quantity. So I will um, She's preaching right now. Y'all <laughs> get your Bibles out. I'd rather have I'd rather have one amazing bottle, you know, a week versus drinking, you know, something that I'm less excited about throughout the week um, or every day or whatever the case is. I I need to just stop you for a second. (laughs) Can we have a moment of silence for that jewel that just dropped? That was a jewel. Thank you. Yeah. That was a serious. So I believe in drinking good wine. Mm -hmm. I don't like, and I've never been able to articulate it in that way. Like that's what it is because I don't drink as much wine as a lot of my friends, but when I drink, I drink good. Exactly. So I'm, I've am i been applying that to my life and not even thinking about it. Totally. That's deep. Yeah. I mean, it all goes into, like, it's related to, too, just, you know, having a minimalist lifestyle, like, keeping it simple. Um, so I think just enjoying more of wines that you think are incredible and memorable and special to you and less of ones that are, you know, not as. <laughs> yeah. And it has nothing to do with price. That's I'm not saying expensive wines versus inexpensive wines. I mean. You can have a, a bottle that you know is inexpensive that really is special to you or really hits off really well with one of the best dishes that you make when right. you cook. That's more meaningful than you know going out and buying you know an expensive bottle from a list just because it's pricey. So right. that's one thing. Um, I think being I think connectivity. You know you need to find your tribe and really find your people. So mm. there's. Just like New York, which is one of the best things about New York is all of the subcultures that exist. Um, we we all are here together, but there's so many subcultures yeah. um, going on at the same time. It's possible to be, be part of multiple subcultures at right. once. So there certainly is a wine subculture, and it just includes drinking at some of the best spots that have great wine lists, um, connecting with other people who want to have you know the kinds of conversations about wine that you want to have. Um, Connecting with people who enjoy food and wine experiences, so right. you know you can go to you know, wine dinners, meet winemakers at wine shops. You can look for these kinds of opportunities and experiences, and I think when you do that, you'll you'll find other like-minded people there. So right, just right. kind of tapping into the subculture, going a little bit deeper, realizing that there is more to learn always. So a question that I get from a lot of my female friends mm-hmm. is. Um, they feel like going to these spots, you should, like, meet Mr. Right. You know, he's just going to be the guy. He'll be the wine person. I don't find, like, these have, I've been to a couple of these things, and they haven't really been, like, singles mixes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I like, wouldn't say that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that that's the place you want to go. I think just any but, other subculture, it's a mix of all kinds of people's different people but it, like on the surface though it feels like it would be mm-hmm. a great place to meet someone based on even exactly what you said it's like like-minded people like um wine is a is like an equalizer mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways you know if you can it's that common ground and 
it's enjoying a play with somebody. Enjoying a glass with someone is the same as like sitting back and enjoying a movie with someone. Absolutely. You know, if you enjoy it on the same level. So I can totally see how that it could bring people together, but yeah. I just I haven't seen it as much as I would think that you would. Yeah, no. I mean, I can't say that I've seen that really either. I mean, I think the main thing you'd know is that if a person is enjoying wine at a similar place that you are, and it's in a place that offers an elevated wine experience, you can talk about travel, you can talk about right. flavors. I mean, this sounds <laughs> kind of corny, but like these can actually be part of like actual normal conversations that <laughs> aren't, you know, so nerdy sounding right. as the way that I'm making it sound now, but they can kind of like flow into like, oh, have you tasted this? Have you been there? Have you done this? And it's and it's a way to kind of connect them, find right. a point of connection with someone. And I think the best relationships, whether they be friendships, whether they be business relationships or personal relationships, start with just identifying common areas of interest and right. really growing from that from that space. I think a lot of that is also like based on the wine list. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you'll the quality of the crowd I think kind of travels with the quality of the wine list. Definitely. And there's always um there's always something new too. So there's some people who are always looking for a new experience. Not to say that you shouldn't go back to old standbys, but one of the another amazing thing about New York is the dynamic nature of our city and how it is always changing and evolving, and there's always something new to check out. If you are a person who needs something new to check out every time, yeah. you can find it here. So you, you can create you know, a library of places that you enjoy visiting and adding new ones to the mix all the time. So definitely going out and socializing and connecting. I also think... Um, you know, getting access, finding ways to get access to winemakers. I think they are, to me, and I, I think I may have said this before, winemakers are the most important people in the, in the wine business. Mm, they are the creators there. of what we enjoy. They're the ones that turn wine from an agricultural product, from grapes right. to something that we enjoy with our food, that we um, collect, that we spend our money on, that we gravitate towards. So they are, to me, the... They are, everything starts with them. Um, and oftentimes they are mm. in this market at, at certain points. Granted, you're not going to find winemakers around the city during harvest time because they're right. busy um, or, you know, when they're actually making wine. But you can find them if you look hard enough, you go to the right wine shops, if you ask the right restaurants who you may have coming in town. And I think meeting creators in any field is really what takes can take your appreciation to a, a higher level. Just like you can go to a museum and experience a visual artist that you enjoy, meeting that person, hearing the story, what inspires them, understanding why they do the things that they do, why they make the decisions that they make when they're kind of coming up with the wine. It just takes it to another level. So that's yeah. definitely part of the wine lifestyle, if, if according to Kelly, <laughs> would be uh, to Yo, for that's sure. the name of the show. The wine lifestyle, according to Kels. All right. So FYI, we about to drop a show called The Wine Lifestyle, According to Kels. So Done. Let's do go. it. Okay. You know, I ha- you have to lead me and guide me in this in this space. <laughs> Yo, so we, we thank just going to pull up. We got the camera right here. You see it. You witnessed it. Yes. Right. We just going to pull up with the camera and there it is. The wine lifestyle, Courtney Kells, is is great. Follow me around anytime. <laughs> um, so we, yes. Yeah, so that's definitely part of it is trying to get closer to the creators of 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 the wine, and I think it gives you a unique perspective. And then also just having fun and really just enjoying it. And I also think, yeah. I mean, collecting is a great space, um, but really you should enjoy your wine. You know, now you only yeah, live once. I like to drink it. Um, yeah, drink drink your wine. You can definitely save some too, but drink your wine 
and and make it you know part of your experience yeah you got to damn all right um now so what are some spots you like to hang out i really like byob spots Mm -hmm. you know it's like a fun experience and yeah i really like to drink the wine that i like to drink and um it can you know when you do byob a certain spot it's good it can be a little disrespectful i enjoy byob as well but i also appreciate the effort um and the expense that goes into creating a wine list mm. um, at, at restaurants. So um, I do go to BYOBs, also like local spots, um, but I also try to visit places that have nice lists. And, Absolutely. And, but I also, on this on the flip side of that, and I think there's been a lot of establishments that and restaurants that have, have taken this um, this and really, you know, embodied it, is that I don't appreciate a ridiculous markup, you know? Yeah. And I think there's places that are understanding of that and have built really competitively and fairly priced wine lists. And I think those are great because it's not about not wanting to give them money. It's just about making it more accessible to more people. Every time you take another point up on your markup, you're you're excluding people (laughs) that may want to have had those experiences. If you could have just priced it slightly lower, you may open up that the world of that wine to someone who may have never had that before. That right. may be the first time they drink that region, that grape, or that producer. So from an accessi- accessibility standpoint, I appreciate competitively priced wine lists, but um, but I understand, you know, that that can't be everywhere. So I am just, I like places that have interesting wine lists. Right mm. now, personally, and this is a little bit, um, you know, it's not the most common thing. I do like the classics, and I, I, I say I grew up in the wine business on classics. Classic right. regions, mostly French um, is where I started in the business, mostly selling French wine. Um, Italy as well, and um, a little bit, of course, of the U.S. as well. But there's the traditional varietals, and then there's indigenous varietals. So mm. I like indigenous varietals because I, right now, I'm, I'm enjoying exploring them because that's an opportunity for me to explore a new frontier and to push my personal boundaries. Granted, I white burgundy is like always going to be yeah. <laughs> my house white house statement. white wine. I love Chenin Blanc like more than anything in the world. Mm. So I still enjoy my classic regions. I still enjoy my my traditional varietals, but trying a new indigenous varietal. An indigenous mm. varietal is essentially just a varietal that's native to a specific place only and it's really rarely if ever grown anywhere else. Um, so many can of you these... give some people some like some examples of some indigenous varietals? Oh my gosh, there's... Like I know Italy has like a million. I, Italy has so many. <laughs> I mean, it's like almost like not even worth mentioning specific ones. Well, but you can even mention some that you're into Some that right okay, now. yeah. So some that is like actually more accessible, and reference. I would say that it is indigenous. Is for example, Menthea from Spain from Bierzo, right? Mm. So that is it's not microscopically produced. There is Menthea available in the marketplace, but right. it's traditionally grown in that specific area. Or even um, Norella Mascalese and its presence in the Mount Etna region of Italy, of mm. Sicily specifically. Wow. So those are some of the kind of bigger, right, <laughs> well, more, right. more well-known indigenous varietals, but there are microscopically small ones that, I mean, I, there's one, there's many that I don't know um, that I experience. I would say Italy for sure is, is kind of like a hub for uh, yeah. the indigenous varietals. And so, and I was also say um, Portugal. Portugal yeah, is first yeah, of all, Portugal like is just like on fire. It's it's so amazing what's going on in Portugal from a wine perspective. Um, but yes, there are tons of indigenous varietals there. So 
I think it's just about, and what I think you really get there is a unique experience with a grape that you've never tasted, and then usually learning about a place that you've never heard of. So you know, I think um, you know, I'm um, thank you for bringing this up, one, but. This is a very good teaching moment for a lot of people. Like one, like people get caught up in the noble grapes, mm-hmm. right? They just get caught up in what they see on the shelf and what you've been told. Um, speaking about indigenous varietals is a very cool sector, and it fits hip hop for me because, like in hip hop, you don't want the sneakers that everybody else is wearing. <laughs> right. You want the other shit that like not everyone's up on, and indigenous varietals is a really quick and easy way to like it's that's the beauty in wine there's mm-hmm. so much of it yeah you know, it's like going so to kith to buy your sneakers versus going to like yeah <laughs> anywhere that sells like a, has five pairs of the same you know the same exact brand so <laughs> so if y'all want to know about wine lifestyle and how to <laughs> how to style on somebody <laughs> just listen to Kells and pull up on them with an indigenous variety <laughs> I guess that might work. I'll also take champagne any day of the week. I am a bubble fanatic. I love my champagne. It's my favorite thing to drink in the Mm. world. But I really enjoy grower champagnes, which I'm very fortunate to work with some of the best growers in the world and to be able to share their stories and their wines with with people. I wish more people drank champagne. I know it can be, you know, a little bit expensive for some people, but it is so good. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I I think that the grow wave is really dope Mm -hmm. also, you know, because you get, and that really speaks to what you were talking about with getting to know the winemaker. Like, this is also another great teaching moment, guys. Not every winemaker grows their grapes. A lot of people just buy them. Mm -hmm. And you have some winemakers that grow them as well as make the wine, and that's what we call grow a champagne. It's just a different level of TLC, man. That's Certainly. just it. Like, it's a sense of you place. Can t- it's cooking with love. Yes. Identity, you know? a personality, all of those things that can get lost when you're dealing with these like mass produced wines. And that's why when people like I try I don't I don't have them. I don't try to hate on any type of wine category, but I'm really into wine that's made by real people that mm. have names and faces, yeah. that have skin in the game, that care what they're producing. Um, care about what they're producing and put their all into it. And that, um, you know, there's very few people that are becoming wealthy from the wine business. It's not that kind of industry. It's a a farming (laughs) business. So, you know, that's really where I I gravitate towards is sharing those stories and amplifying what they're doing and getting people, putting people on really to like new producers, new regions and new ways to enjoy it. So I... I totally love it. But I don't want to sound so geeky. This is it's just also so fun, you know? Yeah. Like it I, is... I don't think that what you're saying <laughs> is geeky though. I feel like what you're saying, like this these are the things that people want to know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like these are the nuanced questions that you don't even think about. But as soon as you say it, it's like, you know what? I did wonder. It's like you're a comedian. And uh, you like catching yeah. on all this little shit people only thought of. Mm-hmm. But you're actually explaining how to be cool. Yeah. Um, you just do it genuine, genuinely. And and I think that's really what's worked for me is just being genuine um, in in the business, being a forever learner. I'm, I've realized that I literally have an addiction to information. Mm, most wine people do. I have an addiction to information. I love learning. I love reading. And that's the same reason that I'm like everybody else. We're addicted to our phones and um, <laughs> the news and social media. 
What I, I had a, a friend that used to say that I was just full of useless facts all the time. I had a statistic <laughs> for every comment. That's just my personality. So this gives me an endless amount to learn. There, right. it, it's so yeah, you can't learn it. All. You cannot learn it all. There are masters of wine and there are master sommeliers, but no one is ever truly a master yeah. of it. It changes every year. We have climate Im- issues or impact on wine. There's new varietals that emerge all yeah. the time. There's there's so much that's changing constantly with how we experience wine. And that's what I love about it. It's just like, right. it's going to keep me entertained forever. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, this is it. I can just continue <laughs> to go down this rabbit hole, this hamster wheel, <laughs> until, <laughs> until I'm no longer here. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. So, like, you know, I think this is an interesting piece. Because it's, it's, I'm interested to ask you this also because you're an AKA, mm-hmm. right? Um, kind of, yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I am an AKA. <laughs> I'm not that actively involved with no, AKA no. at the moment. But yes, I am in a sorority. I was, I, I am, yes. But you, you rep your set. I do, know? yeah. <laughs> I rep my set. I also rep Spelman College. That's also very important to my personal identity is where I went to school, which I think empowered me to make these kinds of choices mm. in my career. Now, Shout out to Spelman. Shout. Um, yo, man, I had a crazy morning on Spelman College one day. Well, Story for another day, different huh? Podcast, yeah, different podcast. Different podcast. Uh, <laughs> that shit just reminded me. I'm like, oh, spell it. That's na- oh yeah, okay. Um, anyway, it was memorable though, right? It was memorable. <laughs> nah, it was it was fun, man. It was Atlanta for the first time. You know, that yeah. was a fun trip. We had a uh, shoddy, a shoddy weekend. <laughs> um, next, so we were talking about Kendrick Lamar. Yes. Right. Um, we were talking about Cali. We were talking about your pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is a perfect album. Yeah, the damn album was a good damn album. It was so good. Um, it deserved every accolade that including it the Pulitzer Prize. Which, speaking of of, of facts and information, there we go. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar was the first rapper to ever receive a Pulitzer Prize. Um, Pulitzer Prize actually didn't start including music until like it, it was basically later in the evolution of the Pulitzer Prize that it, it added musicians. That's crazy. And the um, I think jazz was one of the only other categories that was awarded. So this was truly mon- monumental um, for him to be uh, recognized in this way. Wow. And it, it, um, from some some things I heard, I think it was very unex- unexpected to him. And also a piece of the story is that he also didn't get, win the Grammy that year for Best Album. So Bruno Mars <laughs> won over him. And that was a third year in a row that Kendrick had a, his third album, not third year in a row, excuse me. That was the third album he had nominated for Best Album of the Year yeah. at the Grammys and didn't win. So it was kind of ironic that that happened and then he, he got, got a much bigger. Yeah, accolade. a much more special, I would say. Of course, it's like a pioneering accolade. So yeah. I just love that because the authenticity that's present in that album. Crazy. Is like you can, it's not like he wasn't making an album for an award. He was just really just spitting. Like it was just so so good and authentic, and I just I re- I just respect that tremendously. Along with you know, especially in the song that we um, DNA, just the the there's like empowerment that's present in that song, and then there's also like self you know degra- uh, self. Uh, deprecating comments like <laughs> right. it's just it's both you know and I think it shows um just how flawed and 
you know, human we really all are. And I, I just I just think it's it's amazing. So for for him to be honored in that way is pretty cool. Crazy. I mean, in that video, Don Cheadle, him mm-hmm. and Don Cheadle spitting. If you have not watched this video, thank me later. Like <laughs> I really do want my thank you because <laughs> this is this is serious. But every video off that album was straight it was like a movie. Mm-hmm. But the Don Cheadle video so for guys that have everyone that hasn't seen it is basically um, Don Cheadle being possessed by Kendrick Lamar during some sort of, like, interrogation. And Don Cheadle's, like, rapping as if he was Kendrick Lamar, his mannerisms, everything. It was one of the best videos I've ever seen in my life, hands yeah. down. so, so good. Um, and that last song on the album, Duckworth. Mm-hmm. Yo. Crooked cops told Anthony he should kick it. He brushed him off and walked back to the Kentucky Fried Chicken. See at this chicken spot that was a light skinned nigga that talked a lot with a curly top and a gap in his teeth. He worked the window, his name was Ducky. He came from the streets to Robert Taylor Home, Southside Project, Chirac, the Terradome. Drove to California with a woman on him and $500. They had a son hoping that he see college. Hustling on the side with a nine to five to freak it. Cadillac severely ride his son around the weekends. Honestly, like. All I could say after that album, after the first time I listened to it, was "damn." <laughs> like literally, I said the the title. I'm like, okay, I see why he did this. I see what he did there. Damn, this is crazy. So good. Um, but uh, so I went with a Joseph Swan Cuvée de Trois. Um, the, today was my first day drinking this wine, um, but it's delicious. Excellent choice. So I delicious. felt like. To pair with this song, like, we needed something that was dark. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't, like, the darkest wine in the world, but it is red. Uh, And uh, Top Dog is a blood. So, you know, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start there. But, like, on the most most surface level. But in all honesty, the first thing that stood out to me was the um, acidity in this wine. And I felt like that song was so high energy, so it was like sharp, uh, very, it was very alive. So whatever was in the glass needed to be alive. First thing I thought was Pinot Noir, something that was going to be high acid. And um, something from Cali, you know. And Russian River is also known for powerful Pinot as opposed to other areas of um, the Sonoma Coast. Mm. So it's kind of cool that you chose a Russian River Valley Pinot Noir because they're known for a little bit of their more expressive style Pinot produced in Cali. Um, so right on, yeah. Shout out to Georgia and Kirsten at Vine Wine in Williamsburg. Um, Dope. On Lorimer Street. Uh, <laughs> I, not, And it's not a plug. This is a legit shout out. I paid for this wine. Uh, but we had a party in there. I'm mentioning them because we had a party while we were picking this. Um, I went in. I let them know, like, you know, I let them know about the podcast, obviously. They're like, yo, that sounds so dope. So um, when we were picking the wine, we actually threw Kendrick Lamar DNA on blast. Amazing. And just had a party in the store. So That's the best way. Shout to Georgia and Kirsten. But it felt right um, for all those reasons. I'm really into um, Pinot Noir from Cali right now, so it made sense. There's lots to explore. There's amazing Pinot being made in California, and 
there's really people pushing the winemaking style as well of, you know, Burgundian style, for example. So kind of trying to make Pinot Noir from California in, in the way that traditional French Burgundy is produced. So they got royalty and loyalty inside their <laughs> DNA. They do. <laughs> Not not why I picked it. I'm just saying, you know, do, yes. it is halfway why I picked it. Yeah, but <laughs> nah, it's actually that that was a big part of the choice as well. Mm-hmm. Um, nah, man, I I I'm very happy with this pairing though. I I feel like I haven't gone this deep on the pairing in a minute. You know, Good. like I try to like. There's a lot of different ways you can pair things. You can pair it to the situation. You compare something specifically to the guest. Um, but here I really went back to my wine and hip hop episode one days and thought wine song. Because really and truly, you know, you were supposed to be like one of the first guests on wine and hip hop. Oh, was that? That would like, amazing. Now that I'm <laughs> thinking about it because we um, first the show was Taste the World. Right. And um, the format was different. It was it was a similar show overall. Mm-hmm. Um, on each episode, we had a wine guest and we had a, a popular cultural, like influential guest. And um, it was just it it wasn't the right format for it. It was too many people that were just meeting for the first time. It it just didn't feel right. Yeah. So um, we went to this one guest format, but. We sat with you when we were first working out the one guest format, and we did not have it quite right yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is like, so thank you for bearing with us. Oh, no, we're all still here um, by the grace of God, and, and we got it together. And now we got it right. And now we have you in our shiny new studio. Love it. We got cameras, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I, I'm, I'm glad that... Uh, that we actually get to enjoy it the right way. So cheers to that. Cheers to that. Amazing. Um, this is our first toast for for the show. I guess so. Damn, that's that's a little crazy. This is actually something I was thinking about earlier. Yeah. Like I feel like you have you're like bursting with skills. You know, someone that can really um, can really inspire a lot of people. But you're also uh, you're you have a lot of respect for wine. Mm-hmm. Like, where? What's next for you? Where do? Where does this take you? I think for now. I mean, I. I mean, I enjoy it now, and I think on this, I'll stay in this space of really just viewing it as bringing good wine, amazingly made wine, to more people. I really enjoy being that conduit, um, and it's 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 relevant in both aspects of my job uh, through selling wine and also through wine education and tastings. And I have so much respect for winemaking. It would really be a complete shift um, for me to, people will say, oh, are you going to have your own wine brand? Not anytime soon because (laughs) I don't know how to make wine. So uh, I just, you know, I'm not the kind of person that would um, just put my name on a label that someone else made and and call it my own. I'm not really into the branding elements when it comes to wine. Um, I'm really into what's in the bottle and the story behind it and how true it is to where it's from. So 
for now, I could just continue to see myself evolving and continuing to evolve in the space of bringing wine to more people. There's still so many things that can evolve from that, you know, whether right. it be getting more into like managing private collections, buying for different people, um, you know, becoming a buyer still can potentially be on that side of the business um, and or just continuing to stay where I am selling wine and involved in educations and tasting. So. Mm. For now, I, I just love that that element. Um, I always kind of break it down for people who don't necessarily un- understand our industry. I say there's there's two primary roles <laughs> in the industry. You right. are either making wine right. or you are in some capacity selling wine. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I guess you can say like education and talking about wine is another element. But that's essentially the breakdown. Definitely. You either are a creator or you are a conduit to getting that that creation to consumers. Um, and so for now, that's where I am. Um, mm. Not to say that one day I won't decide to take up learning winemaking. And if I did, I would pour my heart and soul into it because I truly respect the craft. And if I were able to successfully make wine, I think that would probably be one of my life's greatest accomplishments. But at the mm. moment, I don't see um, that necessarily happening. Yeah, so. It's we'll funny. I could totally see you. I think more so because of your um understanding of uh your clientele mm-hmm. but also you know appreciation and understanding of like the wine lifestyle and what uh people are looking for i could totally see you running a brand mm-hmm. it's true like and not necessarily i wouldn't even say a brand but more like maybe like an import portfolio something like yeah, that yeah that could be um, that would be amazing you know because so much of that is like is what you do like you know how to pick a a great story and you on a daily basis have to communicate that story to the people that are buying the wine you know Um, importation yes is super fascinating and you know unfortunately it's been an area that's been for now you know really uh risky to enter given the, the political climate that we're in but absolutely that would be amazing to have a small portfolio or even a large one of my yeah. own that I picked. <laughs> and there's still so much wine out there to discover. There's still so many producers who don't have distribution. There's Definitely. still a lot of wine that is only consumed in, you know, in a 15 to 30 mile radius of where it's grown. There's so much out there. Um, so sir, sure, yeah, that could definitely be mm. a lane for sure. So thanks for planting that seed. I think Yo, look, we'll look I mean, into y'all, that more. y'all, y'all watching this, y'all better hit her up and <laughs> push, motivate her, let her know what you want to see. Yeah, let me know, you know? what you want to see from me. Again, I've been, I think I said in the beginning, like I've always approached this really responsive to what the market is demanding and what people's interests are in me and what I have to offer. So definitely would love people's feedback, comments, and guidance. Prayers, all of the above. <laughs> I want to hang out, whatever. So yes, for sure. And so, um, are there any upcoming events that we can talk about? Right now, um, most of my events are private bookings, um, and I, I actually that's one area where I haven't really done as much. I don't necessarily throw my own events. I'm usually booked for private events. Oftentimes, they're like truly private, inv- invitation only, right. and I'm just hired by private clients. So nothing really to speak of at the moment, but I do try to be active on my social. Um, still try to transfer from my personal page to my <laughs> business page, <laughs> but right now, everything right. is still on my original page, which is Kells01 on Instagram, um, and that's that's where I you know share anything that I can, and right. um, 
I try to get people. And I think in the spring there will certainly be winemaker dinners that are ticketed events that people can attend in the in the mm. New York metro area. So certainly we'll keep putting those out there yes, as well. Yes, yes. And more. Awesome. Um, and so where can everyone find you? We got your IG. Yes. Facebook at all? I'm not that active on Facebook. Um, I actually don't go on there that often. It's like it's like a blast. Like it's a, a snapshot <laughs> from the past. Like I always like mostly my family family members who post. Like, that may change in the future, but right now I don't really. I'm not active on Facebook. It's primarily Instagram um, or info at Kelly Mitchell Wine, which is my email address, or my website, just kellymitchellwine.com. Dope, dope. Now, and what can people uh, expect from a Kelly Mitchell Wine experience? Well, for sure, 100% passion um, put into anything that I do. I only recommend, serve, and represent wines that I absolutely love and wholeheartedly stand by. So, uh, you know, the recommendations in my selections are always super, super um, authentic to who I am and what the what the event is calling for. Mm. Um, and, and, yeah, just personability. Like, I, I feel like I'm very personable. And I enjoy uh, conversing about wine, so you can expect that for sure. And just giving it my all, 110% every time. Dope, dope. Well, we need to get Kelly at some of our events, so y'all make sure, hit her up, tell her (laughs) to pull up at a wine and hip-hop event. Yes. We're definitely going to have her at something. Oh, that would be so Um, fun. I would love to. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you so much. This has been Long overdue, and hopefully will not be the last time that we have you on the show. No, I want to um, be on every single podcast that you work on. Say no more. <laughs> say no more. We There it is. So we got a new co-host, y'all, <laughs> Kelly Mitchell, introducing. Uh, <laughs> yes. And I would love to. We have to all stick together, you know, in the business. It's it's better together, everything exactly. that we do. So, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm totally a supporter and, and happy to be part of it. Dope. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. That is another episode of Wine and Hip Hop, y'all. Whoop, whoop. Peace. Cheers. This was a moment in Wine and Hip Hop brought to you by Crew Love.